Welcome back to the Star Trek Warp Top 10 podcast, the podcast that's bringing you all the top 10s in the universe of Star Trek. As always, I'm your co-host, Phil Rizzo, and I'm joined by... Luke Boyle. Luke is back! As I'm back. Do you, can you believe it? Well, you went away, and now you're back. I like I, back. I, I liked how uh, presumptuous you were about, uh, to our listeners, uh, welcome back to, to yeah, the I'm show. Being, I'm being yeah, I'm being hopeful, being optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess anyone who would start listening to it hopefully starts with the first first episode. Well, hopefully. But they but they don't have to. If you're no. listening, you don't have start to. Start with this keep, one. Keep listening. Yeah. Be uh, be fractured. Pick and choose. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, this is our second podcast. I'm pretty excited. Um, you know, we did our first one and uh and yeah, so I wanted to uh I wanted to throw a couple shout-outs from our first podcast actually. You know, we uh, we mentioned uh, you know, we did our top 10 uh, Star Trek movies, and we loved, uh, you know, 2009's Star Trek, and we loved the score, and we loved the casting. But, as is the case in most <laughs> cases, uh, we didn't know who did the casting or the score for that movie, and I thought it'd be fair to mention those people. So, uh, the casting for 2009's Star Trek uh, was Alyssa Weisberg, and April Webster did the casting for that, and the fantastic score was um, was done by Michael Giacchino, and I'm hoping saying that right. They did a great job on that. Huh? Yeah, I thought I would. I would. Uh, I thought the composer names would ring would ring a bell for me, but yeah, didn't ring a bell for me. Although I got to tell you, if it's not like uh, you know Howard Shore or uh, you know yeah. one of the other three that I know um, of, I guess, well, Alf Clausen, I guess who does The Simpsons, I might recognize his name, but <laughs> right, right, <laughs> that's about right. it. So should we jump in? Let's jump in. Uh, we're doing a top ten. Uh, that's our thing, right? That is our thing. That's what we named the podcast. So I guess we kind of legally have to do that now. Yeah. Did you prepare a top 10? Because I'm not sure. Oh, wait, I did. Yes, I did. Good. No, I'm just going to fly by the seat of my pants. Winging it. That's the way you do it. Like Tom Paris. Like a drunk Tom Paris. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this week we got top 10 guest stars for you. Top 10 Star Trek guest stars. Um, And I'm saying right off the bat that my interpretation of what a guest star is is Pretty on the money, a little loose here and there, but um, mm-hmm. I didn't pick any recurring characters, um, and I didn't pick any famous people just because they were famous. Um, I do have a couple personal choices here, but basically my criteria was, um, you know, most of them are a one shot, and I think uh, I really, really enjoyed watching their performances, and that's how I, that's how I did my top ten. How about you? How did you look at it? Uh, I was a little bit more. Uh... Uh, I think just like last time, loosey goosey with it. Uh, I do have a few in here that are just because they are uh, famous. Well, that's you know what you're going to be forgiven when you hear some of mine. So, <laughs> are you going to really go to deep, deep, deep cuts with yours? No, no, not even. I, I have I have okay. one that does not probably doesn't belong on here, but you know, it, personal <laughs> to you know, near and dear to me. So fair enough, fair enough. There. Yeah. So like you too, I just kind of um, yeah. Uh, no, no. Do I have any recurring characters in here? One technically is a recurring character, but um, but sort of not really. And again, there's no rules. Again, whatever you whatever list you want to make is the list you want to make. We're not we're not adhering to you know 
too much strictness here. Like if that's that's how you do your top ten. That's how you do your top ten. Cool. Keep, keep it real. Uh, yeah. Good to hear. Good to hear. Yeah, yeah, man. Whatever right. you want to do. So I'm I'm ready to rock. You you want to? Um, should I kick it off? Yeah, go for it. So for my number ten, uh, we're just jumping right in. I love it. I have a uh, Famke Johnson. Um, mm-hmm. I'm probably not saying that right. Um, Famke played no, Kamala right. in the uh, Next Generation episode, The Perfect Mate from season five. Um, yes. This was the first time I ever saw Famke. Mm, she was so beautiful. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, just uh, eyes, smile, you know. She's wonderful. She really, really took me by surprise when I saw her. Uh, you know, <laughs> her uh, – no, really. I mean, she was just, just this this beautiful, beautiful actress. And, yeah. um, you know, her performance was so um, underplayed. You know, I liked it. She was she was played, played it with such confidence and such a confident sexuality. But she was, she was sure of her abilities and herself. Um, for anyone who doesn't know Famke Johnson, I'm sure you do know who she is, but she's Jean Grey in the X-Men movies. Uh, she was in Rounder. She played Xenia on a top in Goldeneye, which I, another movie I love. Nice. Um, nice. yeah. So, you know, I, I really just, I, I love the way Even she cooler played Even cooler video it. game. Oh yeah. Oh, one of the best video games ever. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and, and, and the, the, I also threw a couple like, you know, what I remembered from her, um, from, from these actors' performances. Um, with her, really, like I said, yeah. uh, you know, her whole performance is great, but I, when, the, when she tells Picard that even though she's not going to be with him, but she's bonded to him for life, um, it's a great scene between the two of them. Uh, Patrick Stewart is always great. And I love the way Fomka, uh, you know, played that scene. And I love the way she played the whole, played the whole, the whole, the whole, whole role. That's number 10. Excellent. I agree. I agree with you. Awesome. That's all I have to say. Are you saying because that's your number 10 as well? No. Okay, good. Thank <laughs> Can you. Can imagine? <laughs> I could not. I mean, doing 10 movies out of the 13, we, we had some ties, but... Uh, I'm really hoping we would diverge a bit in, in, this, in this one, yeah. Could you imagine? I, <laughs> <laughs> That'd be crazy. My number 10 is also Xena Onatop. <laughs> From the video game, GoldenEye. Right. So what do you got, buddy? Okay. So my top, my uh, number, number 10 is uh, Iggy Pop. Oh, from, nice! Uh, from the the, the uh, Deep Space Nine episode, the Magnificent Ferengi. Great episode. Um, yeah. So, um, f- full disclosure, um, I barely remember the episode. I I did not have a chance to rewatch it. I tried to do a lot of uh, a lot of rewatches here, um, as I do for for all our stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't get to rewatch it, so I couldn't even tell you what what it was about or what his character was about. But I just put him in here because it was like. Just, I mean, one of the most out of left field um, guest stars for me. For sure. Um, <laughs> I, I, I did again. I didn't really get into figuring out, like, you know, is, is he a? Did he have a, connections to to the show or or, or whatnot? But uh, I remember, you know, when it first aired, seeing it and and being like, that guy like looks so familiar, and he's like such a weird actor. <laughs> um, like you know when you see like a weird guest star like they're 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 a little off in their acting and you're like all right so who this is somebody yeah not just physical um, appearance or the way he played it but his voice yeah. like, everything was so distinctive now i'm not a huge Iggy pop fan so at first yeah i said is he iggy pop fan but at first i didn't <laughs> i didn't realize it was him um right yeah me neither that's yeah exactly yeah, until i was like oh but that was it. Iggy pop wow because he could have played a, a vorta you know he could have he could have he could have been just a regular vorta <laughs> right right that's a great um, choice man the way the way he just like the way he delivered his lines he was just 
he didn't he wasn't he didn't really hate the Ferengi, but he was really just kind of like uh like so bored with their antics, you know? <laughs> I, really, I love the way he played that. That was great. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Uh what's your uh number nine? Ah, so number nine. Okay, so here is the pick. Um Number nine, I had to go with this. I just had to, and this is where I'm guilty of uh, diverging. Uh, I went with Andy <laughs> Dick. Um, oh, right. EMH Mark II. God, Andy Dick has a soft spot for me. I'm a huge, as you know, news radio fan. Um, mm-hmm, love mm-hmm. him on that show. I think he's an underrated comedic, uh, I wouldn't say genius, but he's, he's, he's close. Um, you know, he's, he's got a niche for sure. Um, but this episode was great. You know, not only is it a phenomenal, phenomenal Voyager episode, and I should say it's from uh, Voyager season four. Um, I, I don't mm-hmm. know why I should say that, but I feel like I should. Um, should. the episode has a real, um, emotional significance for, for me and I'm sure for a lot of fans, as it was the episode in which they finally got in touch with the Alpha Quadrant. Um, the mission that right, the doctor got right. launched on put him on the ship with the other EMH, with Andy Dick. And, uh, you know, it was an experimental Starfleet, uh, vessel. I think it was the, um, the Prometheus. And, uh, you know, it was taken over by Romulans. So they had to fight off the Romulans and figure out how to work the ship. So Andy Dick is just, he was playing it very, very soberly. Um, not, not, you know, not the crazy kooky Andy Dick. He was pretty much just, you know, a straightforward, um, EMH. But <laughs> he is, is, Maybe just as funny as I, you know, kind of especially when you know it's him. You know, he's not wearing right, gla- he's not right. wearing glasses. He's, he doesn't. Yeah, look yeah, yeah. Right. Like, why would anyone make an EMH modeled after him? But why would anyone <laughs> model after Robert Picardo either? <laughs> I guess you have to be the guy. You got to be Doctor Zimmerman in order to be yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, have a bald right. EMH. But uh, they played off each other really well. Um, it was so much fun to watch them go back and forth. Some of those scenes were hilarious, um, especially the way Andy Dick just you know dripped. Just disdain for the doctor when he first, you know, <laughs> we don't use leeches anymore, you know, just like all over him. But he's really not that far behind in technology. Like, it's like, what, like 10 years? Like, not even, right? Not they made even. some yeah. advancements in the time Voyager yeah. was gone. And he acted like he was yeah. from like Middle Ages. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so so he, he cracked me up. I love Andy Dick. Um, I felt like, again, very Iggy Pop. He, it was such an odd choice. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know, maybe nobody was giving him work at the time or something, but he picked Star Maybe he's a fan. I don't know, but he picked Star yeah. Trek and, you know, or they picked him. Either way, it worked out. I thought it was hilarious. So I love, yeah, love that great. episode. I got to rewatch that. <laughs> just, just for the novelty of it. Yeah. What's your, uh, what's your number nine? My number nine is from an episode of Voyager that I don't remember ever seeing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Well, I, okay. I, I I think I mentioned I've, I I don't think I've seen every Voyager episode. Right. Okay. But uh, yeah. So like going through my list, I was I was short a couple. So you know I hopped on the old uh, the internet wagon and um, yeah. looked up who else was on there and any, any other people of interest to me. Even though, like I said, in this case, I don't even remember seeing it, and I don't. All right. I may have. I may not have. But um, I, I'm pretty sure I haven't because I remember. Especially from the 90s. Um, so the, the episode was called Gravity. Um, Ooh, I know. You, you do? I do. I know who you're going to bring up. Of course. It's Gravity. Uh, Miss Lori Petty. Yeah. Best known for uh, Point Break, I would say. For me as well. A lot of people would say Tank Girl mm-hmm. and uh, League of Their Own. Yeah, that's the other one. Oh, yeah, League of Their Own. Right, right. I forgot she was in I'm that. a peach. It's <laughs> my Lori Petty impression. But uh, yeah, so so there's another kind of I don't know for lack of a better term, uh, throwaway one for me just because um, I didn't even see the episode, 
but uh i love that she was in star trek um because i loved her in point break you know I, I loved that movie that was like one of my top movies you know my top uh worn out vhs tapes um from the 90s <laughs> right she was just like yeah she was so unique in that movie and i think in most of what she does um, I agree, and yeah, and she so, she was in the episode too. Uh, yeah, until the end, it, it was a good job yeah. she did. In you the, know what? In the uh, I might maybe I should watch this episode. You should give it a shot. You know, <laughs> give it a watch. Hey, look. To I'm, be I'm, fair, in my defense, in my defense, yeah. I was one hundred percent planning to check it out before this, but <laughs> I know. You know, that didn't happen. And life got in the way, man. It happens. <laughs> I get it. And I'll tell you what. Look, and I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna you know give a little disclaimer here too because uh, my whole list is just next gen deep space and Voyager. I'm sorry, I I, I I searched far and wide for the original series episodes I've seen so far. I revisited mm-hmm. the first three seasons of Enterprise, which I had seen, never seen the fourth season, and I looked at Discovery. And I'll tell you what, like uh, maybe it's just the emotional resonance that these those three original shows have for me. Um, but my whole mm-hmm. list is just those three shows. So. So I hear you, Fair man. Enough. Like we we got to go enough. with what we know. Good choice though, Lori, Lori Penny. She she was good in that episode. I wasn't crazy about the episode itself. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was just so so. But but she was she was very good in it. All right. All so right. My, my number eight, Matt Frewer, one of my favorite favorite next gen episodes, A Matter yes. of Time. Oh, nice one, nice yeah. one. Professor Berlinghoff Rasmussen, um, season five. <laughs> He, I mean, he, the way he played this character was just, it was so, so, um, surprising. It was such a surprising take. But mm-hmm. I mean, he really kept the mystery alive. Like you didn't know who this guy was. Um, mm-hmm. he just kind of shows up, you know, hey, how you doing, captain? I'm, you know, I'm from the future, blah, 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 you know, <laughs> right. You know, and even though like at the, at the end of act one, he kind of, you know, you could tell something's up with him, but I mean, he's so convincing. Uh, not just not not just to the enterprise crew, but he's so convincing to the, to the viewer. Um, <laughs> yeah, because he's really yeah. kind of selling it, you know, um, yep. You know, he's, he's enamored with, uh, you know, all things enterprise and he, you know, acts like it's, um, you know, they, they're studying, you know, the length of Picard's office. You know, he, he had bets with his, <laughs> with his colleagues at how long Picard's <laughs> ready room was, you know, he's one, two, yeah. three, seven meters. You know, I was right. Like he had a bet with somebody that helped, like, <laughs> like, come on. Like no one's ever been like, you know, I bet you Napoleon's bedroom was, you know, 10 meters long. <laughs> And I'm, I'm for the record, Star Trek. St- stop with the meters, all right? Like I, I get it. It's it's you know it's in the future, and we you know the United States is probably going to collapse into the metric system. But you know what, man? I'm so sick of trying to remember what three meters is compared. I mean, I know so what it hard. is, but it's so hard. And kilometers, I can't, I can't, I can't take it. Just you know, it's miles and and it's feet, yards. Just help us out, man. It's 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 crazy. I mean, I even you know I I went to school for physics and. Everything in astronomy, everything was everything was metric system, obviously. Right. And to this day, uh, and then as well, like miles just and feet just makes more sense to me. I mean, to, even though to, it's to me it's too. a ludicrous kind yeah. of system, but so you know, so I, I love those scenes in Picard's office. Um, I love when he's trying to when Picard's trying to convince him to tell him what the outcome will be of Picard's decision, whether he will, you know kill uh you know a thousand people or kill a million people or save a million you know it's a life and death decision that you know professor rasmutin is claiming to have the answer to but refusing to give it to picard it's <laughs> a great moral question brought up there um you i, I remember matt frewer from uh, originally i saw him in stephen king's uh, the stand when i was a kid he played trash can man which i thought was pretty cool really? but he was also moloch from watchmen and he was uh, max hedrum as well from the 80s max hedrum of course yeah i mean that's yeah here's something you might not know though and i didn't yeah. know this though i was doing research about this mm-hmm. this part was written for robin williams get 
out of here. Yes. And he was going to could do you it. imagine? No, yeah, I totally could. He bowed oh, out to play shit. Peter Pan in Hook. And oh. that, that's why he couldn't do this. Could you imagine if we had Robin Williams as a guest star in this episode? I mean, no oh. offense to Matt Frewer, but I mean, Robin Williams would have no, no. knocked it out of the not, park. Not at all. But um, I mean, this episode of our podcast would have been about, well, probably just as long, but we would each have just would have had one for our entire time. <laughs> I mean, come it on. It would have been Robin Williams. That, 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 would have been, that, would have been that would have been quite a coup if they got Robin Williams. Um, wow. But it never ceases to amaze me how many um, awesome people, I guess it shouldn't amaze me, are into uh, Star Trek. It's an awesome show. Yeah, right. I guess a lot of awesome people are into it. Yeah. But Matt Frewer did a great job, Robin Williams or not, so um, that that's my number eight. What do you got? My number eight? Um, I feel like this should be further down in my list or, you know, closer to, to one, but uh, it is what it is. It's where I have it. But um, Dr. Stephen Hawking. Oh yeah, and the next gen episode, the descent or descent. Talk about a coup. Um, I mean, yeah, right. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he's best known for pop culture uh, references in in many different shows. Um, I'm kidding. He's he's best. Known for <laughs> I was like, where are you going with that? One of the <laughs> one of the most prolific and uh, brilliant uh, physicists of all time. But in this episode, he was. Among uh, some other, he was he was a hologram of himself, a computer generated hologram, not not a recording of him. Right. Um, playing poker with <laughs> Data and uh, Sir Isaac Newton, I believe. Yeah. And who else? Yeah, who else you was remember? That? I bet. Put you on the spot. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, I can't I can't remember right now. I think you're dead right with Sir Isaac Newton. It was definitely Stephen yeah. Hawking. Yeah, I'm almost positive like, about that. Yeah. Yeah, data. They were oh, playing, uh, playing Mark cards. Twain. Mark Twain. No, not Mark Twain. Totally wrong, right? Well, right? Mark Twain was on the series, but I'm not sure if it was that episode. No, no, I know. But yeah. yeah. Mark Twain. Okay. Actually, <laughs> Jerry Hardin playing Mark Twain was on the series. <laughs> Samuel Clemens was not on the actual series. Samuel Clemens playing <laughs> For those of you listening, alter ego. In, in the far, far future, Mark Twain was alive in the 19th century and Star Trek <laughs> was made in the 20th century. Thank you, everybody. Good night. But yeah, I mean, Stephen Hawking, uh, one of my heroes, for lack of uh, a better term, but a Brief History Time is one of the things that got me really interested in physics. You know, it's on my list. I, I heard that was actually written for the layman. Is is that true? It is. Uh, but I think it's written for um, a layman who has a really good uh, attention span. Oh, okay. So that crosses me off the list. <laughs> Crosses everyone off the list these days. <laughs> true. Um, honest, I'm not getting like, yeah, now that you mentioned it, like probably would not have been published as, as it was in its form uh, today. You know, he was on, he was on a bunch of things after this, but I feel like mm-hmm. this was the first time I was like, wow, that's, that's really Stephen Hawking. Oh my God. I think so too. I Cause think you know, right. he, he did yeah. the Simpsons and he did Futurama after this. Um, and he might've done something else. I'm not, but in, in my, in my view, in my world, uh, I know he did those three, but I remember Star Trek yeah. first and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, he, he mostly did work, uh, in, uh, big bang, uh, cosmology and, and, uh, and black holes, especially later in, in his, in his career, which uh, reminds me of in, in the motion picture, uh, Decker says, or I think they were talking about, uh, Voyager having disappeared and and it entered a black hole or what he said was what used to be known as a black hole and that was kind of like one of those baffling choices that that uh huh. is uh, that movie's full of cuz i don't know what it would be called you know in the 23rd century um huh. and in fact it's constantly referred to as black holes in the in the series and or the later series the later series anyway i wonder if they were learning so much about it at the time that maybe they thought 
I don't know. Maybe they thought it'd be called something else. Yeah. But, you know, in the yeah. future, they take they take those chances sometimes, and sometimes they yeah. sometimes they yeah, miss. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, in the in the original series, they um, talked about something called a dark star, um, and it was kind of uh, very similar to what what a black hole would be. Um, kind oh, of where, 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 where did they mention that? In the in the original series, Not I don't really. know what episode. Huh. Yeah, a dark star or a yeah, I think that's what what it was. I can't remember now. Imagine me not remembering something. <laughs> but you know, uh, one other thing I'll say oh, yeah, about uh, about Hawking is uh, he was uh, famously friends with uh, with your and my good friend Kip Thorne. Oh, um, the Caltech, Mr. Uh, Thorne. That's right, physicist. Not to be confused with Kip Winger, everybody. That, Kip Thorne. Right. Much much to our dismay, <laughs> the hard way. That's a story for down the road. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, go. Awesome. Number Seven. Seven. Here's a fun one. Going back to Voyager for this one. Uh, okay. Sarah Silverman playing Rain Robinson. Uh huh. Future's uh-huh. End, parts one and two. So there's two episodes yes. there. So technically, it's recurring, but that's a guest star. Um, <laughs> no, I mean Sarah Silverman. God, she's so much fun. Um, you know, mm-hmm. to to watch her in those episodes. You know, she was just crackling with energy, man. Like, and if you know Sarah Silverman, yeah. you know that she's yeah. that she's just playing Sarah Silverman. You know, she's just playing this snarky, <laughs> sarcastic, cute, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, loud. Funny person, um, but uh, earnest or yet earnest, totally earnest, yeah. 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 Yet it's completely believable when she falls for Tom Paris, right? Like it's completely yeah. believable that yeah. she's still going to fall for this sort of, you know, like you said, earnest, but uh, you know, sort of swashbuckling in a nerdy way, kind of kind of mm-hmm. guy who just kind of sort of showed up out of nowhere. Him and Tubak, they show up on, uh, <laughs> you know, the Voyager gets uh, sucked back to Earth in 1996, and Tubak and. Uh, Paris have to go to this observatory, and she's one of the people minding the observatory, minding the observatory, and uh, you know she gets into wacky adventures with Tuvok in Paris. That was going to be a spinoff, I think. Um, I heard that too. Yeah, I think yeah. it was, uh, was going to be called Paris and the Pointy Eared. I think it was going to be called. They're going to solve <laughs> mysteries in L.A. <laughs> so Sour Silverman, if you don't know yeah. her, she's she's a very famous um, you know comedian, and she's had a. Uh, you know, it was Sarah Silverman. What was that called? The kind of Sarah Silverman project or something. Show. Sarah Silverman uh, presents or something. She had a, back in the day. She had a really Sarah good show. Silverman uh, radio program, I think. Whatever, Whatever it was, it yeah. was really funny. Yeah. It wasn't called that, and we didn't get it yet, but that's okay. I know she was on a lot of TV. The hell? Thank God it's not. Uh, we don't got to know this forbidden. But uh, <laughs> and I, I loved her. She on a few appearances on Mister Show. She was very good. A show that I know you mm-hmm. and I both love. So, uh, but she was mm-hmm. just fun. You know, like I said, she's she's fun to look at. She's um, she's fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some of my favorite scenes with her is when she's just like. Her just sarcastic disbelief, you know, at like Tuvok in the type of, you know, imagine some <laughs> snarky woman from LA encountering Tuvok of all people, you know, just, okay, this guy's gonna, you know, she was, her comments were hilarious. Right, right. She, yeah, made, totally. <laughs> she made it a lot of fun. And yet I said it was she totally did. believable, you know, that she, she still played like sort of the, uh, not the damsel in distress, but she was sort of strung along on this adventure and she was like, oh my God, right. that van just disappeared. And, you know, right, a lot right. of fun. Um, it's Voyager's first real, real foray into tri- uh, time travel. Um, no, it was a lot of fun. Great episode. Ed Begley yeah. Jr., a candidate to be on mm-hmm. this list, um, for sure. He yeah. did a great job. Yeah. But uh, yep. I, I went with Sarah Silverman for my number number seven. Excellent. Which brings me to a couple. I don't know. I keep saying throwaway, but just because like they don't like hit so close to home as some of the other ones for me. Um, 
But for my number seven, I have uh, Mr. Clint Howard. Oh. The, uh, original series episode, the Cor- uh, Corbin I saw Mike that one. Maneuver. You did. I know. You, you texted me when you saw it. That's right. Just so, first of all, Clint Howard being um, famously the brother of Ron Howard. Um, and I would say he's basically like probably the most well known and prolific guest star actors that we have. Um, you can certainly spot him as quick as anybody yeah. else. Yeah. He's got a very distinctive it's look. Probably, probably more in movies. I don't know if he did a lot more TV before my time, but, uh, but yeah, he's in, he's in many movies. Um, very distinctive guy. Uh, great actor. Um, in fact, he was in an episode of, uh, Discovery. Uh, I think they went to Orion. Was he in Discovery? Oh no, it was like an, it was an Orion, um, settlement uh, on okay. Romulus maybe? No. I thought you were going to, when you said he was in an episode of, I thought for sure you were going to mention Arrested Development. Oh, of, of course, the tree, the, right. uh, the tree hugger. And yet, <laughs> and yet, I know him more famously from uh, Seinfeld. He was the smog strangler in Seinfeld, the one who, you know, Kramer got oh, accused of being the smog strangler, but right, he was the one in the right. back of the squad car with Jerry and George. <laughs> and reportedly, an excellent tipper. <laughs> He was really good in that. I loved him in Apollo 13, too. Like, I, whenever I see him, he's, he's usually... Yeah. He's I mean, great. yes, it's, it's a like, Ron Howard movie, but he usually uh, pops right. up for good reason. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's always nice to see him, you know? Yeah. Um, in, in this episode, it was it was pretty freaky. Because um, he plays kind of like an adult baby. It's, it's bizarre. I had no idea what I was looking at. Like, especially if right. I didn't know who Clint Howard was, I would be like, I would have been floored in 1966. Oh, I, I'm sure people were. I, people were probably completely. I mean, people probably had dreams about that episode um, and the character he plays. It's, he's overdubbed by an adult voice, but he's like a you know like an eight year old child. That's so he's weird. bald. Not uh, to mention the fact that the regular creature that he was projecting was you know an iconically creepy Star Trek image anyway. Yeah, um, right. But then that goes away, and it's like, oh my god. There's something perhaps worse. <laughs> something and again, worse. I'm not I, I'm not making fun of the guy. God bless him, you know. But, no, no, no. But he does have that distinctive look that's you know it's kind of off putting when you first look at him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially in that context. And you know, at the time, I guess I mean you. I wouldn't even say that like, at the time he was Ron Howard's brother, right? Ron Howard was certainly Opie, right? True, he was Opie at that point. But yeah, I can't imagine they were like, oh, wait, let's get that guy's brother. You know, I can't imagine. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like yeah. that. So, you know, I kind of feel yeah. like he earned his way. You know, he gets a bad rap. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Ron Howard's brother. But if my brother was directing films, I'd be like, you know, put me in that. So I'd be all over that too. <laughs> <know>. Totally. <laughs> awesome. That's a good one. All right. All right. My number six. You're next. This is a phenomenal episode. Um, you know what? And I hate when people do that. I'm going to say it. Tony Todd. Tony Todd, Deep Space Nine, The Visitor. Um, so... Yes, Tony Todd has been in a million Star Trek episodes. Okay, he's uh if you don't know Tony Todd, he is Candyman. Um I also know him from The Rock, but he's more right. famously uh Worf's brother Kern. Right. On, um, right. Next Gen and D Space Nine. Of course. But in this particular uh episode, uh from DS9's uh fourth season, second episode, this episode aired right after The Way of the Warrior when Worf first came to DS9. So you got that balls out awesome hour and a half long episode. The yeah. Way of the Warrior, part one and two. And then you're like, all right, the next episode's always going to be a letdown. This episode was one of the best of Star Trek ever, in my opinion. Um, Tony Todd played Jake Sisko as a, um, right. as an older, 
uh, I remember this now. Person. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it opens up with him as Jake Sisko. He's, he's much older and he's an established writer. Um, and mm-hmm. he's telling a story to this, this young woman, also a great performance by her. Um, and it's a story about how when he was, you know, um, Cyril Lofton, he lost his dad. So Cisco dies and he, you know, mm-hmm. he lost him. And this was this, this whole story. And they keep, um, going back to this framing device of Tony Todd being the older Jake Cisco telling this just, tragic heartfelt story um about a you know a, a boy who lost his father and just couldn't deal with it um such an emotionally resonant performance such an emotionally yeah. resonant episode man it was just yeah. Yeah. so well done like if, if if you're not in tears at the end um you know you might not be human you might be that's okay but uh <laughs> i, I it, it gets me every time uh such a it's such an uh, a, a underplayed performance from someone who you know is usually playing a more bombastic kern or a you know hook wielding mm-hmm. killer you know um <laughs> maniac yeah i mean uh, or he's also um you know um um final destination too you know he was the guy they went to as like uh you know hey why is death stalking us and he knew um i guess he just knows that stuff so right, he plays these right. these you know sort of more um you know loud uh and uh overstated characters but i mean he, yeah, he played yeah. it with such beauty um, it was such a great performance. Um, love that episode. That's he great. Is, I, I um, remember just the just the just how emotionally impactful it was. I, like that's what I remember even most more than the yeah. uh, story from that episode. Number six, buddy. So number six, I've got. So here, here's one of my uh, asterisks. Um, Ricardo Montalban. All right, all right, yeah. Uh, in the in the space seed, Good played uh, Khan, of course. Um, so he really like just like look, reading up on him, and the vague sense I had, uh, he was so prolific uh, since I believe the '40s. He started his acting career. Um, I mean, just just going his, his Wikipedia is just uh, you know movie and and TV show and and radio show one after the other. Really? Um, it's yeah, it's 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 ludicrous how much he was in. That's crazy. Um, I know him from three things. Yeah, that's it. Same here. Yeah, same here. I know from Fantasy um, Island, Naked Gun, and yep. Star Trek. Exactly, that's exactly <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> uh, four things if you, if you count Rathacon and um, the Space Eaters. <laughs> right, things. right. Um, but for me, um, you mentioned Fantasy Island. I remember watching that show when I was when I was young and uh, seeing him in in, in uh, Star Trek later on after knowing him from Fantasy Island. <laughs> for me, was like a guest star. It's like, oh my god, it's a guy from Fantasy Island. Yeah, right. right? And he's younger, and he's you know he's got long hair, and and he's 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 uh, on Star Trek. Um, actually, I, I think I saw him in in I, I must have seen Khan Rathacon before I actually ever saw Space Seed, um, unless I just caught bits and pieces of it on on like you know Channel Eleven. So many years ago, he made. I mean, he, he makes a mark, right? Like he he yeah. He, even watching I, the, the Space Seed episode for the first time after knowing who he is, um, I thought it was a great mm-hmm. performance. I agree, hundred percent. Like he was absolutely. And apparently, that's, that's... He, he was a. I, I could see it. He he was apparently like a sex symbol. He he was this um yeah you know sort of um Casanova type you know uh, yeah actor at the time apparently. And uh, I mean, you, you could tell he's got got a you know um, smooth tongue and you know he's, he's a good looking guy <laughs> and, and I, I could totally mm-hmm. see that. Um, Absolutely. Just the way, I mean, the way he just delivers his lines, it's it's it's, it's, it's beautiful to listen to him, really. <laughs> it really is. Moving on. No, uh, I got I got I got my number 5 queued up here. Um, I hope I'm saying this right. Harry Grainer. 
playing Tam Elbron from the next gen third season episode Tin Man. Um, if you don't know, if you don't know Harry Grainer, you may know him as the mayor from Buffy season three, the mayor of Sunnydale. I obviously knew him from next gen first, but when then I saw him pop up on Buffy, I said, Hey, it's, uh, it's, it's Tam Elbron. Um, so the episode <laughs> Tin Man is, uh, Steel you know, trap. what's that? <laughs> Your steel trap of a brain. <laughs> it's a great episode. You know, he's he's an empath. Um he's betazoid, mm-hmm. but um he's he's to the max. Like he he's what Troy can do, but you know, um amplified to ten, you know, to a hundred. Um mm-hmm. to ten, to a mm-hmm. thousand, whatever. He's um sure. so much so that he can't turn off the voices in his head. Um Right. Okay. It's too okay. much. He's this tortured soul and he was on this ill fated Star Trek mission where he supposedly got a bunch of officers killed, uh, one who was a friend of Riker's. Um, so he comes on this, you know, the Enterprise, um, you know, much to their chagrin, to assist with making contact with this space creature who they refer to as Tin Man. And mm-hmm. the reason they throw him on there quick is because the Romulans are after Tin Man as well. He's super powerful. Um, besides being a great sci-fi story, it was an amazing performance. Um, I love, you know, how he played it. It wasn't, he wasn't annoying because uh, he could have been. He could have been this tortured soul who knew what everybody was going to say before they said it. And he was, you know, saying it before they said it. And that could have been really annoying. But <laughs> you could tell he was just really, really, th- his performance, you know, made you understand that he was really just, he couldn't, he couldn't deal with it. Um, and he needed to be, uh, you know, sort of to be isolated in order to have any kind of peace of mind. Um, he found solace right. in Data, who obviously he couldn't read at all. The great moment right, when Data right. speaks and he looks at him and he's, oh my God, who are you? You know, right. he couldn't sense anything coming from Data. So he, he had some good scenes with Data. Um, cool. Those were actually my favorite scenes between uh, Harry Graner and Brent Spiner. The scenes in his quarters where he got to kind of relax a little bit and he wasn't so on edge. And he was just kind of talking about, you know, uh, what the connection he had to this Tin Man creature. Um, yeah. And just a quick another shout out. I loved his. Uh, he had a really, really fine performance in uh, West Wing. He played um, he played uh, the guy. Um you know, uh, Josh had to pick um, somebody to not be at the State of the Union in case it blew up. You know, they always have one person oh, that doesn't yeah. go. So he had right. to pick a guy, and he picked the Secretary of Agriculture, I believe, played by Harry Greener. <laughs> a, f- a really, really great scene he played with Martin Sheen uh, at the end there where he gives, really? him, he gives him the U.S. Constitution translated into um, Latin as a school project, give it to him as a gift. Um, huh. Yeah, either way, it was a great performance by Harry Greener. He's a great actor, and I loved yeah. him in uh, Next Gen. Uh, Side note, um, and this is a bit of a spoiler for the rest of my list, but there are three, I believe three, um, Next Generation Season 3 guest actors on this list. Wow. And we have only heard from one of them. So there you go. There's a little interesting little teaser for the, my last four. Perhaps a spoiler for people with uh, your kind of photographic memory as well. Hey, listening. I hope so. I can't wait to hear <laughs> your number five, buddy. Really? Uh, yeah, really. I feel like it's going to be awesome. a doozy. Uh, it's a fun one, I, yeah. I think. That's for sure. Uh, he was um, played had a bit role on Star Trek VI: The Undiscovered Country. Uh, Mr. Christian Slater. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, yeah, he just played some random. Um, I don't even know if we we know his rank, but you know, I'll say ensign for for uh, argument's sake. Um, who who you know? He just has like a really bit part. He has like maybe two it's a cameo lines, for sure. Um, yeah, it's definitely cameo, right? Love Christmas there. Best known, of course, for uh, the uh, skateboarding uh, <laughs> stepbrother. Best um, known <laughs> vehicle, gleaming the cubes. 
Oh, otherwise AKA known as Brothers Revenge. Brothers Revenge on on the t- made for TV version. That's absolutely right. Love the clip. Good job. Good job. Yeah, he's probably least known for that one, but yeah, uh, that's great. It's um, great eighties movie. Probably one of my favorites uh, of his is um, Pump Up the Volume. Yeah, another um, good one. Happy Harry Hardon. Love it. What a cool character. Like it was just yeah. That was like as a, as a young kid. I was like, yeah, that guy's cool. Glad to see him come back. I'm glad to see him on Mr. Robot. You know, glad to right. see him doing something again because he he was the great guy that. for a yeah. while with um with good cause, yeah. man. He, he he was a good a good yeah. actor. Yeah, totally. love him in uh, Mobsters. Oh, I love that movie. Great I don't little, know if I've ever seen that. No, man, I was trying to get you to watch it actually. Um, not too long ago. Really? Yeah, yeah. It really? Was on, uh, it was on HBO or something. And I was like, <laughs> hey, you got to watch this. It's an it's an hour and forty minutes. It's he plays Lucky Luciano and. Huh. It's just about his rise to you know to power with uh, Meyer Lansky and uh, I mean yeah. they take historical you know um, leaps uh, for sure. I'm sure it's I'm not sure. not yeah. completely accurate, but it's a ton ton of fun. But Chris, no, Christian Slater is great. I, yeah, I love that cameo. Yeah. He gets uh, he he you know wakes up Sulu right on the Excelsior. Yes, that's right. He's he's under kinda, the command of Sulu. Yeah, apparently yeah. the Enterprise is you know being dicks again, and you know. <laughs> Sulu just kind of snaps him. I'm not sure he said that. He like, probably didn't call him dicks. Um, I probably Sulu kind of, you know, he said something to him, right? He was like, all right, you know, shut the fuck up, Benson. He didn't say that, but something like that. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, he yes, was in sir, and out. You know. He was. He was in, you're right. In and out of that of that scene of, of, of his quarters. He was a fan. Um, he was a Star Trek fan and he wanted it. Well, the fu- he was. And the funny thing is his mom was the casting director on that movie. Oh, get out of here. That that's what I read. I nice. mean, didn't know that. Could have been a lie, an internet lie, but uh, well, if you read apparently it, apparently true. He, yeah, exactly. It yeah. was on a screen that yeah. I was reading. Um, he um, uh, supposedly he could have had a bigger part. Like he kind of had his, his his pick, being that not just because his mom, obviously, just because she was the casting director, but because also being such a star. Um, but so he just time. wanted yeah ninety one. That? that was yeah. his heyday. Exactly. Exactly. He just want he wanted a bit, but he didn't want to like steal any kind of spotlight. I think so. He just oh, he just wow. wanted that really little bit part. It was Chris great. Later, stand up guy. Love Christian. Yeah. Yep. All, All right. right. What do you got? My number four. Um, the only name that I didn't um, remember, I had to mm. I had to look up this actor's name, James Sloyan. Um, mm. Sloyan Sloyan. I'm gonna say James Sloyan, a Star How Trek do you spell vet. S L O Y A N. Okay. For one of my favorite episodes of Next Gen, he played Admiral Jarok in The Defector, TNG season three. Huh. Another okay. season three. Yeah, you yeah. know, so, you know, the episode is, it opens with this Romulan warbird being chased, chasing this, this Romulan scout ship. Mm-hmm. And this guy is just shouting for, he wants asylum on the Enterprise. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so they, they beam him aboard. The other, you know, the warbird flies away. And then Admiral, well, I should say, he wasn't calling himself Admiral Jarrock yet. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> 35 years ago. Either way, he wants asylum and he's ready to spill secrets and he wants to prevent a war. He's convinced that the Romulans are gearing up for war and he wants to stop the bloodshed. He wants his family to live in a world where there isn't war. Um, th- it's a great performance. Um, it's a great performance because, again, spoiler alert, he's not lying. He re- genuinely thinks that the Romulans are arming for war. And he's really trying to do the right thing. It's a mm-hmm. genuine um, performance. It's an emotional performance. I love the way he sort of tucks away his prejudice for you know the Federation and humanity mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to still try to do the right thing. He kind of can't stand them. 
him and Worf have a great scene where, you know, obviously Klingons and Romulans hate each other, but yeah, you know, he, uh, he throws a couple digs at, uh, at Worf, Worf throws him back, you know, he calls him uh, a Batak and a, I want to say a Sloyan or something. Uh, maybe that's because it's name. Hey, is that where they got that from? A Sloyan? That's not it. That's not true. Nothing of that. But we did no, learn a Romulan. You said we learned a Romulan curse word for the first time. Oh, yeah. A rule. Oh, is, wow. uh, I can't tell you what it is, but it's a bad word in Romulan. Okay. Riker calls him only a rule would use such language Whoa. in public. So good job, Riker, that- for knowing Romulan curses. Yeah, and I, I, that cuts. I don't know what it means, but I, I can feel it. So, so other roles James Sloyan has played. So he he was Jatrell on Voyager. The, the episode oh. we actually discussed in our intro pod um, oh. that you uh, really really found emotionally resonating. Um, he was yeah. Doctor Jatrell. He was also Doctor Paul uh, Mora Paul, who the Bajoran scientist who studied Odo uh, when he was just a oh. you know a, um, a formless sort of you know liquidy blob, whatever he was. Um, so yeah. he, he, he studied, uh, Odo in his formative years. And, uh, interesting. Yeah. And he's also, he's played a total of four roles on Star Trek. I don't know the third other, you know, the fourth role, but, um, okay. He's a great, uh, you know, great character actor. Uh, I just saw him on Night Court recently. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. He was on Night Court from the 80s. And, uh, and his speech to Picard, the final convincing of, um, why Picard should go into the neutral zone, um, and take his word for it. He had a speech about his, um, his baby girl being born. You know, when you look into, you know, your, your, your little girl's eyes, you realize you have to change the world for them. And, you know, so he wow. had, this poor guy ends up abandoning his whole family and ends up being for nothing. Spoiler alert after the fact, because, um, the Romulans were just trying to test his loyalty. They really weren't arming for war. Um, so oh. he ends up killing himself at the end Shit. of the episode because he can't oh, live man. without never seeing Romulus again or seeing his family again. But I mean, wow. he ended up being a hero and Picard, you know, but if they have the courage of Admiral Jarok, you know, we may have a future, you know, something like that. Paraphrasing. Wow. Great episode. Wow. Powerful performance. Um, just stuck right in the middle of the of the season. Wasn't a finale. Wasn't a beginning. Wasn't a two-parter. But it was just a great episode. Great actor. Yeah. Um, good job. James Sloyan. Very nice. Yeah. I barely remember that episode. Watch it again. Right. Um, four, speaking of Romulans. Oh, boy. Well, <laughs> I'm jumping the gun here. Uh, the next uh, one I have is... Um, he doesn't play Romulan. He plays a Klingon, um, and it is none other than our good friend Stephen Root. Oh, um, wait, wait a minute. Yep. Stephen Root you, played a Klingon. Tell me you didn't know this. You know what? I vaguely, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest and say you took me by surprise there. Awesome! Wow. What episode? Uh, Unification parts one and two. Get TNG. Out of here. Yeah, he was the main. Uh, he was the captain. Klingon on the ship that Picard and Data take to uh, to Romulus. Get out of here. That was Stephen Root? Yep. Oh, my God. That's yep. phenomenal. And our second News Radio alum to be on this list. Exactly. I know. I was so thr- I totally forgot about Andy Dick, too. So that, that got me excited for this one. Um, yeah. Again, so as, uh, those of you who don't know, uh, Stephen Root, uh, probably best known, uh, uh, maybe, uh, as Jimmy James from... From the, uh, the best classic character TV names series, ever. <laughs> yeah. it doesn't sound like a rich uh, CEO of a multi-billion-dollar um, conglomerate. Um, but and yeah, his, that, and his mortal enemy Johnny Johnson, <laughs> played by Patrick Warburton. I don't think he got season five. It, it would have been worth it. No, no, I, I did uh, kind of here and there, but yeah. Um, uh, so the series is called uh, News Radio. I don't even think 
we mentioned it just now. Um, Great oh, series. If you haven't seen we it, did. check it out. So much fun. Yeah. yeah. One of the most underrated, um, um, you know, 90s sitcoms. I mean, you got Andy Dick, you got Stephen Root, who, again, if you don't know, he's he's just great and everything. Oh, you he's know what? Probably he's most, most well known, known for? as The Office, yeah. probably. Or Office yes. Space. Uh, Office Space. The Office, Office Space. Right. Office Space. Yeah. He plays uh, Milton, I believe is <laughs> right. his name, with the uh, red stapler uh, <laughs> right. and the, the Coke bottle glasses. Yeah. He's been in a right. million he's, things, though. Yeah. So so he's he's great. Um, yeah. And the show is also, uh, it, it stars. Um, Basically, uh, Dave Foley. The great um, Dave Foley. The great Dave Foley from from Kids in the Hall fame. Um, if you don't know Kids in the Hall, please please look that up. Along and with the even greater Mr. Show, Phil Hartman, and the ever greater Phil Hartman. Rest in peace. Rest um, in peace. One one of the one of the greats. I mean, I say that with all uh, sincerity. No doubt. Um, he's he's sorely missed. Um, so yeah. Anyway, check that show out. But so yeah. So so Stephen Root, uh, Jimmy James from that show, he plays. Uh, I don't remember his name. Um, I remember him laughing when he saw Picard the, uh, and Data transformed into into Romulans. Yes, <laughs> he says something. He says the Data something on the lines of, uh, uh, "Be careful, like uh, one of the uh, so and sos might take an interest in you and uh, <laughs> lick the paint right off your ears." <laughs> Oh my god! I'm watching that episode like tonight. Yeah, Stephen Root. Have, oh my god! And I mean, what a treat of a two-parter. Uh, I mean, oh, great uh, episode. I mean, yeah, it's Sila um, uh, comes back. Um, yep. Um, know, Tasha Yar's uh, offspring. Oh my god! And of course, I mean, of course, uh, lest we fail to mention uh, <laughs> right. Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, right. He, someone else was in that episode too. Who was it? Uh, <laughs> Who was Leonard it? Leonard Nimoy himself. <laughs> Um, I believe his first his first appearance in um, any other series after the original series, right? Yeah, it had to be right. That's where he I that's where he alluded sure. to the events of Star Trek Six in that episode. Yep, exactly. His his the role he played in uh, in the piece with the Klingons. Right. Yeah. So I mean, uh, Sarek was in that, um, and Sarek spoiler alert, dies off screen in this episode. Oh yeah, I know. No, another great yeah. performance. Mark Lander in that episode. Wow. Yeah, he was phenomenal. I mean, just, just as he was dying. As he yeah. was sort of oh, crazy was, and just yeah. going through his, uh, you know, ugh. Yeah, that seemed to him. And, uh, Picard was beautiful. It was. It was beautiful, and 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 Picard was like at his Picardiest too, like in the best possible way in this. No question. In these episodes. Oh, when he helps him um, make the Vulcan sign with his fingers when he can't yeah. quite do it, so he helps spread his oh, fingers man. apart. Oh, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. So well done. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, this is this is one of the pinnacles. This this two parter. Yeah, it's a great episode. I'll tell you what, the episode himself really, like, nothing against Stephen Root, but it really does elevate these performances yeah. as well. You know, that certainly was the case Absolutely. for, for um, Andy Dick, like I said, with the Message in a Bottle mm-hmm. episode. So, yeah, I totally, I could totally see that. Um, <laughs> one of the best parts of the episode, uh, I put in my notes here, I had to mention was uh, <laughs> when Picard and Data have to share quarters on the Klingon ship. Oh, that scene is um, so funny. Data's staring at him. <laughs> Data's just trying <laughs> First, first, uh, you know, Picard he turns his back uh, in the bunk and tries to go to sleep, and you see Data behind him, just looking off into space, and Picard just like, but he, can he knows sense still. it. Yeah, he opens yeah, his eyes like, and turns around. He's like, "Are you right? kidding me?" He's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "What are you doing?" And you know, he like lists off like four different like subroutines that he's running, like you know, to like help prepare them. for Four the of the trillion <laughs> yes. he's doing per second. <laughs> right, you right. forget to give him four. And then so so Picard turns back around. <laughs> 
And then Dana is just still staring at him, completely still. It's one of the best like data performances too, just in this one. It totally scene. is an underrated, always underrated performance by Brent Spiner. And then Picard tells him to to, to just turn around. And Dana just kind of looks, and he slowly turns his body, but he's still looking at Picard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he keeps his eyes on him for like an extra yeah. second. Oh, I, I laughed totally know the so scene you're hard. About. That's great. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. I, it, I feel like it must have been a, an ad lib on on Spiner's part. You um, would think. Just, just let them play it and see what happens. Uh, and it just, it, it, oh, it was, it was because there's no reason Data would actually do that. <laughs> you know, in right. in the show. Plus, he looks goofy because he's got the Romulan outfit on. You know, so he's like, it's even yeah. weird. No, at this part he doesn't. At this part, they're still. Just, oh, I thought he did. Know. I thought he did at that point. Not at that point, no. You're, you know, okay, that, okay. Oh, that would have been even... I don't know if that would have been better or worse. Yeah, yeah I know. It would have been good, yeah. More off-putting. But anyway, so good that pick. was... The, I mean, I couldn't even believe... Um, when I went back to watch it, um, I rem- always remembered it being... Uh, Unification being a, a cliffhanger season finale. Uh, no, um, no. It's just a few part two of parts, the yeah. season, yeah. Like, what an amazing season five. That season yeah, ended with, uh, with Time's Arrow. Where they find Data's oh, head. Oh, okay. But speaking of talking about... Uh, Mark Twain earlier, right? Yeah, yeah, Jerry Harden. He, I thought about him for this list actually. He was he was definitely on on the list for uh, playing uh, Mark Twain. That was a good job. So yeah, down to All it. Right. Top three. Here we go. My number Let's three, Mister William Sadler. Um, now this is the one where I kind of mm-hmm. bent the rules a little bit. He played yeah. Sloan, um, one of the leaders or leader of Section Thirty One on DS Nine, um, right. one of the coolest inventions ever. Section Thirty One. Um, so he was in a couple of, so this technically this is a recurring character, but I don't care because this <laughs> blew me away. Uh, not just the episode, but he was so good. William Sadler is good in anything he does. Um, you yes. might know him from, um, he played Death in Bill and Ted's excellent, uh, Bill and Ted's yep, Bogus of Journey. Of um, he yep. played the president in Iron Man 3, President Ellis. Oh, right, um, right. I, I mean, you probably know him most uh, from, um, he played Haywood in Shawshank Redemption. Um Yes, that might course. be his most famous one. But I always think of him either from Star Trek or from uh, Tales from the Crypt: Demon Knight, an awesome movie. <laughs> and he I never was saw um, that. Oh, it's I so never good! Saw it. You have to watch it. Never watch <laughs> Bordello of Blood, but you have to watch okay. Demon okay. Knight. Freaking underrated, awesome movie. Somehow that just escapes me. Billy Zane plays pretty much the devil. You know, uh, sorry, William Sadler plays sort of this uh, this soldier of Christ. Carries around like a vial of Christ's blood to protect like what? the doorways from the demons wow. getting in. CCH Pounder gets her arm torn off. It's awesome. It's just an awesome movie. Um, All right, I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah, for no other reason <laughs> to watch CCH get her get her arm torn off. <laughs> so he plays Sloan. This was a uh, one of my favorite seasons of Star Trek ever. Season six of Deep Space Nine. It really got dark. Um, Inquisition is a great episode. Um, you know, and basically. He plays an interrogator who um, mm-hmm. is pretty much after Bashir. Spoiler alert again, you know, he's, this has been out for 20 years, so I'm sorry for spoiling this for you. But, um, <laughs> you know, his his focus was he was trying to recruit Bashir, the um, genetically enhanced Julian Bashir, because he would be a great operative. But mm. before we knew that, he was just interrogating the crew, trying to figure out what's going on. It turns out his focus was Bashir. So the way he, um, the way he just subtly lulls Bashir into a false sense of security, the first time he brings him into the interrogation room, which is the, um, the ward room, but, uh, sort of, you know, they have a makeshift light there and he's sitting in the chair and it's, it's very generic interrogation room, but just their interplay and the way he, um, you know, he sort of puts him at ease before he, you know, lowers the boom 
Hmm. Great job. Um, he would return in two other D Space Nine episodes. Um, Extreme Measures, which was one of the final episodes where they go into, uh, Sloan's head, Bashir and O'Brien go into Sloan's head to try to figure out a cure for Odo's disease. Um, and then my favorite episode title ever, and I get to say it, Inter Arma Enem Sealant Legis. And I get to say it oh. right because I know it's phonetically spelled out in the, uh, D Space Nine Companion. In the time <laughs> of war, the law, in time of war, the law falls short. Great episode mm. title. Um, yeah. great episode in its own right. But Inquisition is where we saw Sloan first. Um, and he was great. That's great. He was really great. Great, great episode. Great actor. Good one. Very Maybe good Sadler. one. Yeah. Number three from the Voyager episode entitled Think Tank. Oh, God. You're going to go with it. I love it. I'm doing it. Jason Too Alexander. Much. Nice. Yeah. Is this our second uh, Seinfeld? I think this is our second Seinfeld uh, alum. Seven, seven. Oh, sure. Yeah. If you, uh, you you got two on your list with Clint Howard being the Smog Strangler. Right, right, right. Yeah. Now we got I George forgot. Costanza. Yep. If Jerry did it, we'd have that whole yeah. cab scene right right here on your list. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's better known. He's probably best best known for um, doing McDonald's commercials. Oh yeah, the, the DLT. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Keep no, the right. Hot side, yes. hot, and the cold side, cold. <laughs> I can't believe. How do you know that? <laughs> from you. I, oh, from me. Okay, that's how. Okay. Yeah. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, Jason Alexander, before Seinfeld fame, did a McDLT McDonald's commercial in the eighties. He sang. He flopped one side of the sandwich to the other. It was it was it was horrible. But he's Jason Alexander, so we forgive it. Yeah, now we do. So yeah, so in this episode, he plays a um, an alien uh, who's like a member of this like uh, multi species kind of gang. Uh, not not uh, criminal gang. Well, kind of actually. <laughs> kind of. Spoiler yeah. alert. Turns yeah. it yeah. But uh, they just kind of like go around and like kind of like you know kind of con people. Um, but they're like super intelligent and whatnot. Great um, idea. Great idea for an episode. Yeah, it was. It was, it was. it was pretty good. I remember this episode most of all because I could not stand him in this episode. I could not. And it wasn't his performance at all. He was great. Um, he, I, I couldn't look at him. I couldn't look at the, the alien getup that they had him in. Oh, you mean just physically you had a hard time looking at physically, him? Physically. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm kind of being hyperbolic, but it was, it was tough to watch. Like, I, I revisited this uh, for you know uh, recently for for this, um, and I just like it was just cr- I was just cringing at, a, at a, every every turn. His hair was just like oh, so bad. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, <laughs> those of you like who might not have seen this episode, uh, it's probably sounds r- ridiculous for me to be like. <laughs> talking about like what he looked like as an alien but um and he and he just can't not be george costanza that's the he's, thing and he, it's so right. against george type too right it's such a yeah just so sort of calm and confident and just conniving like although that's a little yeah it, and it was basically like watching george costanza playing the part of a character on star trek well that's the um, downfall right to 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 enco- you know emb- encompassing a character so Mm-hmm. So you know, wholeheartedly, you know, he he just became George Costanza in in, in the in you know in the lexicon. So it's like it's hard yeah. to see him any other way. Yeah, I mean, the, how long, the funny how long did thing it take is, you to like, see Patrick Stewart in a different way, you know? Yeah, no, that's that's for sure. Well, he kind of fell into Professor X like seamlessly, I think. For me, it wasn't until like years after. But no, I totally get it. He went from one iconic okay. character to another. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, so you're right. This guy was George Costanza. Yeah, and and. 
it didn't help that um, his accent in this role um, is, you know, he was, like I said, he was supposed to be like kind of like an intelligent, uh, very intelligent uh, being. Um, so he, 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 I don't know if this is his choice or the director's or what, but he, he kind of spoke with, um, you know, like a very, a very uh, kind of high and snooty accent where the R's weren't very pronounced. Yeah. Um, and the way which he, way he really didn't help the whole because time kind of killed me with his beady oh, little eyes and, and his be- yeah he had beady eyes I don't know I, I think they like they gave him contacts with that just covered up his like the whites <laughs> in his eyes so it's and he just like was squinting the whole time so I guess uh, to be yeah to be frank I guess it was kind of his performance as well like I said it was just like watching George because the accent he was using like it wasn't helping because he was he sounded like you know, George's Queens accent in a, in a way where like he wasn't, you know, pronouncing R's at the end of words. And mm-hmm. it was, it was tough. It was tough to get there. And I remember well, seeing it, it a, originally. It, it was an event. Um, I remember, you know, it's funny. I was mm-hmm. just revisiting Voyager. I was thinking about guest stars and I don't think the rock is going to be on either of our lists for number two or one, but no, he's um, not, no. I remember like, you know, Voyager was doing these event castings at the time, you know, and Se- Seinfeld, uh, you know, it really just recently ended. Um, yeah, and uh, you know he did a he did a guest spot on Friends, and then it was a whole thing like huh. you know Jason Alexander stars on Voyager next week, you know, right? Because they were also you know they, I remember that when they did you know Dwayne Johnson The Rock was uh you know they had the WWF or now WWE SmackDown was on UPN as well, so that was a big that's right that was a big yeah. crossover. So Voyager was doing these event type things, um, yeah, sort of that it feels like DS Nine or Next Gen didn't really do. You know they had the, no, the Dark not. Frontier movie, you know, and and. Stuff like yeah. that, you know, which is which is fine. Yeah. I mean, Lord knows I love the show, but I remember it being an event that Jason Alexander was on there. Um, it must have been, yeah. I, I I vaguely remember the the context. Um, I remember the episode more than anything. And I love yeah. the and I do love the idea, you know, the show. I love that idea, the think tank, and it's such a smart mm-hmm. thing that they would want Seven of Nine to join their think tank, whether against her yeah. will or not. You know, yeah. Um, one of the coolest lines from that, I remember him telling Jamie that they they found a cure for the Vidian uh, phage, which I thought was amazing. Because that was yeah. A, what was that, was that a, reference? Well, the Vidians um, were a, a first and a second season menace to Voyager. Um, yeah, they were the okay. guys who came in and stole your body parts, transported them right out of your goddamn body. Oh right, that's right. A oh, horrifying man. villain. Um, they really, really did a good job with that. I remember when they transported Neelix's lungs right out of his freaking body. Man, I was, I was, yeah, I was horrified. That's right. Because they, they yeah, were that's crazy. dying of this disease where they constantly needed replacement parts. Right, um, right, you know, right. They right. kidnapped um, uh, Torres, you know, and split her into mm-hmm. Klingon and human halves to try to, you know, oh, see okay. if Klingon yeah. DNA would help the phage. And then right. another great episode that I'm positive will show up on some top 10 somewhere, uh, Deadlock, yeah. where the two yeah. um, Voyagers, you know, diverged. And that mm-hmm. was due to a, a Vidian attack. So, you know, just hearing that that Jason Alexander said they cured the Vian, the Vidian phage was a really great callback, not only to yeah, that's cool. first couple seasons of Voyager, but it was something that you're kind of rooting for. You're like, yeah, that disease is garbage. I'm glad they glad they cure that. <laughs> and obviously, there's there's cancer overtones and you know things like that. That you know, sure. they, they were really kind of sure. playing at that. You really, you know, you you never want anybody to be stricken with a disease, whether they're villains yeah. or not. All right, all right, we're down to it. My number two, two, we're down to two. Um, so this is yeah no one uh, no big big guest stars here but just some great performances out of uh, number two Harris Eulin. Um Harris Eulin, if you don't know is a really great character actor he's been in a million things um, he's been in Scarface Clear and Present Danger um, one of my personal favorites his performance on Frasier as Jerome Belasco this uh 
sort of mob guy <laughs> that Niles hires to fix uh, one of um, Maris's parking ticket problems. Um, and then, you know, of course, he needs a favor, <laughs> quote unquote, favor then from Niles. Great, great episode. Right, right. So the episode is called Duet. And and most Star Trek fans would know this is one of the best episodes. Um, it's right up there with, um, uh, you know, The Visitor um, from mm-hmm. DS9 as far as emotionally mm-hmm. resonant episodes. But this was a real gem from DS9's first season. So Harris Yulian plays this Cardassian who is immediately arrested because he has Kalinora. It's a disease that you could have only gotten if you were in one of the Bajoran concentration camps. Um, okay. So, yeah. yeah, Kira immediately has him arrested as a war criminal. Right. Um, and uh, it's found out that he, you know, he, he says he's gold dark heel. And him and Kira really have this this horrible interplay where he's just tearing her guts out. Well, he, I mean, it slowly turns out that, you know, this guy is not who he says he is. He is, in fact, um, Eamon Maritza, someone who was, in fact, at the Galatep concentration camp, um, but, you know, just cried himself to sleep at night over the torture going on, and he couldn't take it, and he was a coward. And now he's sort of a, sort of an Oscar Schindler type where he just, you know, he can't live with, with what happened to the Bajoran people. And he, and him, his conversations with him, with Kira, just sort of, he devolves into who he really is. And hmm. Kira sees him for who he actually is. And he, and he, this speech he has, man, where he just, he just, he's, you know, denying it, denying it. In the middle of the speech, he just starts to break down and talks about the screams. And the, it, I mean, it, it is, it is an amazing, amazing performance. And for someone wow. to, to, to get all that out through this thick Cardassian makeup, um, yeah, really. It, it, I mean, it, it is a gorgeous, gorgeous, um, uh, beautiful episode, I should say. Um, it does look good, but it's, it's just a beautiful episode. Kira's great in it. Harris Eulin is absolutely amazing. Um, you know, it's one of those episodes where you're watching a season for the, watching the show for the first time in the first season and it's okay and it's Star Trek and you're happy with it. And then you see this episode and you go, holy shit. Okay. Okay. This is yeah. Star Trek. This is, yeah. this is why I'm watching and we're going to have more of this. And, you know, eventually with DS9, you're going to get more than you had last. So that, that's great, you know. But this one was one of the first episodes where you're like, wow, they hit a, they hit a freaking home run. Great episode. Great actor. That's awesome. I can't wait to, to do a rewatch of, of DS9. I, you know what? And I can't wait to watch some of these episodes that, that you're talking about, too. I can't believe I missed Stephen Root. I'm still I'm, – I'm, I'm in shock yeah. that that happened. I, I'm in shock, too. <laughs> but, yeah, no, if, 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 if DS9 if, – if I'm making 10 episodes for you to watch of this show, Duet is on – chronologically, it's the first one on the list. I mean, if okay, you want to cool, watch the pilot, cool. that makes sense. But you know what I mean. The first standalone episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's without a doubt, duet from DS9's right. first season. Amazing. Right. So my number two is uh, another movie, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Uh, Christopher Lloyd. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Uh, he plays the the main um, antagonist, uh, Klingon. Okay. Yeah. I want to say with a K, something like that. But yeah, I think you're right. Damn it, I meant to write it down. No, it's. it's, I believe me, it's Uh, Christopher Lloyd, man. That voice was tailor made to play a Klingon, right? What? See, that's funny you say that because I, I was, you know, I've just been thinking like, what an odd choice to 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 play a Klingon. Really? Um. Yeah. You know, you're so right though that I I didn't think about the voice aspect of it. Um. I was thinking more physically and 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 performance, uh, like a physical performance wise. Well, I, I wasn't um, a taxi fan either. Like I, I knew knew mm-hmm. of the show, but I wasn't familiar with it. So a lot of people knew him as Jig, Jim Ignatowski, but I didn't know him right. as that at the time. So right he was Jim, just this yeah. guy, this just this this crazy eyes and this voice. Um, right, right. This was right before Back to the Future, right? So this was. I so I didn't even know him that well. 
83, I believe. Anyway. So yeah, it was, it was, it was right before Back to the Future. Yeah. Like you said, he, he, he played Jim and Taxi. Um, and uh, apparently, I mean, I, I, I remember a very early, uh, memories of, of, of Taxi. And I certainly remember him from the show. Um, but I didn't remember that he was, um, his character was like, uh, I mean, he was out there in a lot of ways, but he was, he was like an alien kind of, uh, uh, fanatic. Um, <laughs> There's, there's one episode where they're just talking about their fantasies and, and his is just like, he's like, yeah, I just want to, I just, sometimes I just feel like I want to, I think about getting away from it all. And then they cut to his fantasy and it's actually like he's being abducted by, <laughs> by a UFO. That's, get away from it all. <laughs> I love that. Again, I don't think I've ever seen a full episode of Taxi, but I love that. I've seen the YouTube clip where, um, you know, he's taking a test and he, and he, you know, turns to Kaniki from Greece, and he's like, uh, <laughs> right, and he's like, right. hey, wh- wh- what does yellow light mean? And he says, slow down. And he goes, what does yellow light mean? You know, it's so stupid, but my God, it's... So stupid, but so... I mean, th- the performance is Because they did it a third time, yeah, too. In the direction. Like, I remember, like, he asked him again, you know what I mean? So he nice, took it to the next level. Nice. It was so funny. Right, right. Quick sidebar. The only reason I know yeah. his full name, because I, I, again, I never saw an episode of Taxi, but the only reason I know Jimmy yeah. tells you because it was an impressionist comedian in the 80s on Rodney Dangerfield yeah. who was talking about Star Trek Three, he loved Star Trek, and he was talking about how Christopher Lloyd played this character. And he did the whole, uh, he did, you know, he does he does a Christopher Lloyd impression. I'm not going to do that, but he, he gave <laughs> a, um, you know, you don't want to give me the Genesis device? Okie doke. <laughs> and then he did, I guess he did the taxi actor. I didn't know what the hell the okie doke was, but I guess that's something that he did on taxi, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, taxi, so that, yeah. that always stuck with me. I think I, that's hilarious. All I know about him on taxi I mean, is from that comedian. I don't remember his that name. That is so funny. <laughs> let me, let me just say, like, this is a perfect illustration of, of uh, your ability to retain things versus my complete inability to remember anything in my entire <laughs> life, because um, I, because I, 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 I've watched Taxi even as an adult here and there, um, but like I said, I my parents used to watch it when I was a kid, so I, I remember a lot of it, and I remember him as Jim or Reverend Jim, um, but I never knew his last name, and you, you do because of one. Uh, impression that someone did it and oddly enough i can't remember the comedian's name but i just remember him saying the full name so it stuck with me i don't know why that's so funny and i think james conway Um, is kanicki's name let me give him credit too all right i think it's james conway i think is his name the actor who played kanicki and whoever he played on taxi i don't know i don't remember i don't remember if it's if it's not his name sorry james because i'm sure i'm sure he's listening to this podcast (laughs) (laughs) always better to assume (laughs) um christopher lloyd but uh it's funny you mentioned the Christopher Lloyd impression because um, cause I, I remember uh, Kevin Pollack doing uh, – uh, Classic. He, he did he did the whole Star Trek thing where, you know, he, he does Kirk and, and – um, Bones. Uh, what else? And Scotty. He does Bones, all right? All played by celebrities, like real-life celebrities. Right. 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 Exactly. My brother and I and, have that uh, whole memorized. We've listened – we've watched that so many times. Oh, Classic Kevin Pollack. That's awesome. So you're better – yeah, you're better. No, no, no. I'm glad you brought it up. Talking about it's it than I am. Genius. But yeah. But he he does what I thought was hilarious. I, who did he do? Um, like he did he did Christopher Lloyd, Christopher as Lloyd who? as Spock. N- uh, you know what he did? So Kirk was um Kirk Kirk was William Shatner, Bones right right I thought Bones so. was um Jack Nicholson. Yes. Um, Scotty yes, was yes, yes. Dudley Moore as Arthur drunk. <laughs> Um, Chekhov was Robin Williams, which was a great impression. Oh, 
All right, yeah. check off. You're both a sick man, Mister. And uh, I mean, mister. YouTube it right now. Kevin Pollock does Star Trek impressions. It, it is yeah. unbelievably hilarious. That's 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 such a good good point. Yeah, just just stop this podcast. Honestly, right now it's, it's so YouTube worth that. it. And no joke. It's not the fact that yeah. the the stuff he put together is funny. The the impressions are so spot on. Um, They're insane. He definitely. But do you remember did who Christopher Christopher Lloyd, Lloyd did? Yeah. He did Christopher Lloyd as Reverend Jim, as I can't remember who was it. Who else would have been? Wasn't I think it must have been Spock? Yeah, he didn't do Sulu. Could have been Chekhov, but I no Chekhov was with Robin Williams. Oh, that's right. right. Good morning, Captain Kirk. You know he did the whole. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But what what struck me when I watched it again recently was that uh, he goes into the to to the Christopher Lloyd slash uh, Reverend Jim episode. Impression. Within half a second, the audience is rolling. All he's done at this point is is doing the physical impression of, of yeah, him pulling back his hair and yet. looking down, making his eyes real wide and like looking at the ground and be like, "Oh boy, you're 100 um, percent right." Like they knew who it was before he opened his mouth. Yeah, and that was like 10 years after the show was. You maybe not quite 10 years, but it was a long time after that show was on. Oh, um, so and he did the clearing was, of his throat. I remember that now. You're right. It right, was Spock right. without a doubt. And okie-doke. Like you said. Yeah, oh, so yeah. good. I don't know what happened, Captain. You know, oh, so perfect. <laughs> YouTube that right now. No lie. It's hilarious. Yep. It's good. Love that scene where he puts together that Kirk is going to destroy the Enterprise. And he's still on the Klingon ship. Oh, Get yeah. out of there. Yeah. He yells to him. And that, the best scene in that movie. Yeah. I'm not crazy about that movie, but that, that scene was amazing. Right. right. Nice. All right. My number one. This, in my opinion, is the best performance of any Star Trek guest star ever. Uh, wow. I'm going to surprise you here because it's nobody super famous, but it's uh, okay. Saul Rubinek. Um, huh. Love Saul Rubinek. He plays Kivas Fagio in the Next Generation episode, The Most Toys, in which Data is kidnapped to become part of his collection. If Classic. you are thinking, I'm an idiot right now, if you're saying to yourself, <laughs> are you kidding me? How could you leave out, you know, Joe, Jojo? How could you leave out Joe, Jojo? How could you do that? Um I, I challenge you to watch this episode right after the podcast. <laughs> challenge, <laughs> challenge is laid down. I challenge, you, I challenge you to watch this and not agree with me. Um, this is this is just a simply amazing, amazing performance, man. Like this guy, many roles. He was in, and the band played on. He was in True Romance. He played, mm, um, you know, yeah. the movie producer in True Romance. Yep. Yep. Um, but uh, I love him on Frasier. He was a recurring uh, Donnie Douglas. He played Daphne's. Um, Fiance on Fraser. He's amazing. But listen, in this episode, listen. What else are you doing right now? You're listening. <laughs> Hold listen, on. Listen. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Just shut your mouths and listen to what I'm saying, please. I love you for even listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please. Please. I'm begging please. you. Please don't stop listening. Uh, no, I mean, this performance was amazing. I mean, he not only was he super funny, super quirky, mm-hmm. um, not mm-hmm. only was he menacing, um, you truly believe that he was capable of just cold-blooded murder. Um, so true. But but, but there's there's yeah, this one right. scene, man, where he is trying to convince Data to just just accept his lot and be a part of his collection, and he tells him this story about how he was abandoned as a child. It was just um forced to live on his own on the streets of you know some fake planet, and he just and a single tear rolls down, and. He, a split second later, he's like, eh, doesn't matter. I'm telling the truth anyway. My father was quite rich, actually. He was a thief. Um, he just, like, he goes from crying wow. to being wow. just completely, like, just, you know, copping to bullshitting 
in, in like a yeah. split second. It, it, it is, I mean, truly yeah. amazing to watch. Watch that scene again as this tear just rolls down and they immediately wow. just turns it around. Like, yeah, I'm just making it up anyway. Like it's, it's, it's a great performance from, from, from the first time you see him talking to data till when he, you know, he kills, you know, the supposed love of his life. Um, to the point where he realizes at the end that Data is going to pull the trigger and kill him. The look mm-hmm. on his face. I mean, every mm-hmm. single wow, every single touch of this performance is amazing. And again, go back and watch it because it is it is truly amazing. I was from the before I knew who Saul Rubinek was. I was just blown away by this guy, and that might be one of the most rewatched Next Gen episodes for me. The most toys. Not only is it a good episode, really? and who doesn't love the really? crew? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, emotionally too. You loved it. I mean, I could tell now. Yeah, sure. The idea of the crew mourning data before they realize that he's not quite dead. Yeah, the shuttlecraft blows blows up in the beginning. Jordy doesn't quite believe it, but the rest of the crew sort of is letting him go. And Picard is, you know, reading a quote from a book that Data gave him, and Worf has to take over his role. Picard calls him Data at one point, and it's an awkward moment. Um, he calls. Oh, he calls calls Worf Data Data by accident. Mister Data is, you know. And um and a really great bit of character development as Troy points out that this is the second time Worf has to replace a crew member who's died as he replaced Tasha Yar as chief of oh, security of course. in season yeah. one. So that's just a great great episode in general. Which hmm. I gotta say, I mean, all of these episodes that were on my list and your list, uh, you know, are great episodes. Um, very very few of yeah. them are clunkers that um you know just have a great performance. But um yeah, don't watch the Think Tank <laughs> or maybe not Star Trek three. But if you want to watch it for for his performance. <laughs> Truly do. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I've watched this episode so many times, and, and a big part of it is because of Sal Rumenek as Kivas Faggio. A great episode. And again, a great, great performance. Wow. Love Sal Rumenek. Yeah. I've been a fan of his wow. ever since. What, and anything what, a, what a deep cut. That's great. All right. Um, what do you got? Number one. All right. So I have a number one. It's one of yours that you've already, we've already oh. talked about. Oh, God. Can I guess? I, I was going to ask you to guess. Uh, it's going to be ca- kind of anticlimactic since... You know what? It's your joint number one. It, but you say it. And you just believe me if I tell you what that was what I was thinking or not. I will believe you. Uh, Sarah Silverman. In oh, Voyager. no. No. I had William Sadler pig. Interesting. All right. Sarah's so awesome. I'm so glad. Uh, yeah. I, very near and dear to my heart for, for many reasons. Um, so, yeah. The, the, the episode Future's End, I think you mentioned. Yeah. Parts one and two. Um she plays uh, basically like a probably like a postdoc um, astronomer at Griffith Observatory mm-hmm. in L.A. They filmed some scenes um, there, actually. Oh, definitely. Yeah, the they, they filmed yeah. like almost the whole episode sure. there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, everything you said about her, she's like one of the greatest. Um, she's just wonderful. <laughs> she's just like so, so funny and such a presence. Yeah, um, so engaging. I've 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 been in love with her, you know, ever since. Uh, I think Mr. Show was probably my first kind of inklings of like, oh, that you know, who is this? Who is this girl? So this this is somebody. Um, before she was really known, really for anything. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, again, Mr. Show. For those of you who don't know, um, it's like an amazing, oh, amazing, off off the wall um, sketch show that was on HBO in the. Uh, I guess mid to late nineties, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, ninety five. Um, it it, it yeah. aired. Okay. Ninety five yeah, to ninety nine. I, I guess I want to say right. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk, David Cross. Yeah, one of the yeah Bob Odenkirk, of course, of 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 uh, you know Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul fame now. Oh, yeah. But yeah, she she had she had a lot of bit parts on that. She wasn't a regular cast member, but I remember always like being intrigued by her because she was just great. So yeah, so so this I remember seeing this um, when it aired. Um, 
didn't know who she was at the time. And I realize now that's because that's really one of the first thing other than SNL. She was on SNL for like a hot second, uh, shortly oh, before right. this. She was. Um, she was a cast member. Yeah. But I, I don't remember from that. I don't think I was watching SNL at that time. Uh, so this is really the first thing, as far as I can tell, that that she was in. First time uh, I saw her as well. Yeah, it's 96. I mean, yeah. It's, it's going back. Yeah. Um, the character was was near and dear to me, um, being an astronomer. I was, uh, I was in college at the time. I was actually just starting my undergraduate. I remember just feeling uh, a kinship because of that. And really rewatching it again recently. Um, it's like it's very, very true, true to life. Um, I think a lot of pop culture kind of shows astronomers as guys wearing lab coats for some reason, <laughs> um, <laughs> while they're like peering through the eyepiece of a telescope. Sure. Well, um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. If 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 you've only seen you know TV and, and movies about it, but um. Yeah, it was really, it was really, uh, it was really true to life. Um, you know, sitting in front of a sitting in front of a computer screen, dressed like a regular person, <laughs> is really kind of way more accurate. So that was that was really and a great cool. name, um, Rain Robinson. Love it. Yeah, great name. It's like right? a superhero name, right? <laughs> and you could tell like her parents probably were hippies and named her Rain. Like it was, it, like, and she she played the part. Yeah, of and she's living in L.A. Living in California. Yeah, ah, it's yeah. Great. And you know what? You know what I forgot about her too is like um, she sold. She really sold the reason why she was an astronomer too. Like I remember that speech where she was talking about. You know. You know what? I'm not gonna embarrass myself with you know because I, I would get it all wrong. But I remember like she 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 got some chops too, man. She's it wasn't just fun and you know quirky yeah, and comedic. Yeah. She uh, she sold yeah. the reason why she was an astronomer and why she was so enamored with what she was doing. Yeah, you're right. She she really did sell the character, like we said before, just all around. Every, every aspect of oh, it. Oh, you know what? We didn't mention either. If you want to laugh your ass off, yeah. um, watch her on the uh, Comedy Central roasts. She is amazing on there. Oh, right. She's so good. Yeah. She's definitely she's yeah. one of the highlights of every roast that she's on. She's so good at that. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a great pick. <laughs> so that's it, man. Yeah. So we listen. Um, you could uh, you could let us know what you think. Please let us know. Give us your top 10 list. Tell, uh, tell us who we left out um, and if you agree with us. Uh, hit us up uh, on Twitter. At uh, STWARP10. That's at STWARP10. Let us know uh, how we're doing. And uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, we're going to come at you uh, next week with um, a new category. And uh, Luke, I believe we're going to do top 10 season finales. Yeah. Star Trek. Does that sound, uh, sound right to you? That sounds, it sounds, uh, yes, correct. That sounds correct to it me. Sounds correct. Good. Well, look into your uh, telescope and let me know for sure, okay? <laughs> So we'll be coming back at you. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah.